Put them over your heart. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. God's written living word to me. It's what he thinks about me. I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. And because it's how God thinks, I choose to believe and act on what I'll read. Thus I am transformed. I love your spirit this morning, Josiah. Your willingness, your courage. Where did you land? To share so intimately with us as you did prior to ministering that song. That was beautiful, brother, and I was touched by it. And you know what? Uh, I, I know that the comment at the moment from Josiah was that he had lost something that he was coming back to or getting back to. And of course, those are the words of the song. I submit to you that the very sensitivity to the Holy Spirit that touches us, that tweaks us, that compels us in the moment to reach, to desire, to go for more of a God, displays maturity. I say that the very desire that reminds you you're not where you could be in terms of His presence is a mark of maturity. It's a mark of the activity of the Holy Ghost in your life. Hallelujah. So that makes me proud to know that my worship leader is human, but that he's full of God and that he desires, he longs like the deer after the water brook. He longs for the presence of God. May you never stop, sir. Our text is found in Ephesians chapter 4. I'd invite you to join me there. We're going to be reading it first from the English Standard Version, though your notes have a, an additional version that we will read. I'm going to ask you not to try to follow along in that that's on your printed handout, but follow along either in your Bible or on the screen here. I, um, actually, you do not have the version of these slides. English Standard is what we're going to be reading from. You can follow along in your own Bibles if you have it. Don't, uh, don't display the, what, the slides that you have, though. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. This is chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 29. But only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're beginning a new series this morning called Imitator, and the title of my message is Lost and Found. I want to read this same passage to you now from the complete Jewish Bible. The translation will be on the screen. 
Starting in verse 29, let no harmful language come from your mouth. Only good words that are helpful in meeting the need. Words that will benefit those who hear them. Don't cause grief to God's Ruach HaKadosh. For he has stamped you as his property until the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, violent assertiveness, and slander, along with all spitefulness. Instead, be kind to each other. Instead, be tender-hearted. Instead, forgive each other, just as in the Messiah, God also has forgiven you. Chapter 5, verse 1. So, imitate God as his dear children and live as life and live life excuse me and live a life of love just as also the messiah loved us indeed on our behalf he gave himself up as an offering as a slaughtered sacrifice to God with a pleasing fragrance There's an identity crisis in the earth today. And I submit to you that having the money to change your identity from one fallen state to another only perpetuates the crisis. Only Jesus can satiate the hunger and the desire to be free and to know your true self. One's identity cannot be purchased or merely changed by willful human selection. Our identity is stamped on our inner being at the new birth. And it's crafted by the Father out of our loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Identity based on anything other then your father's, your heavenly father's DNA and your elder brother's sonship is the definition of an illegitimate child. And God doesn't have any illegitimate children. Webster's defines the word illegitimate as something that is spurious, irregular, inferior, it's questionable in its origin. This Greek word for illegitimate literally means one born out of illegal wedlock or one born not of legal wedlock or foreigner. God doesn't have any foreigners in his family. And God doesn't have an identity crisis. And I have God's DNA running in my blood. Now I'm human. I have emotions. I'm a man. My identity, my self-worth can be challenged. I certainly at times even question through a lack of confidence, through a barrage of thoughts that have overwhelmed my mind in the moment. 
One such happened this past week when I was spending time with my lovely wife out at the movies. My glasses are new. They've been a little tight-fitting. So, knowing that I was going to be sitting in the movie theater for a couple of hours, and that they pained me a little bit on the side of my temples, back of my ears, I grabbed a business card out of my pocket, tore it in half, and stuck it down. <laughs> to cushion. I'm in a dark movie theater, okay? It doesn't matter. The movie ends. I walk out of the movie theater. I walk out of the movie theater with my wife. My wife looks at me and says, "I need to go to the restroom." I said, "I do too. I'll see you out here." I go to the restroom. There are other men in the restroom. I wash my hands. There are other men washing their hands. I have to walk by other men. I have to look at other men. I smile. They don't smile back. <laughs> Inferior, complex. I don't belong. I'm a foreigner in this restroom. I do not understand. I'm a man. I watched the same movie you did. I maybe came out with a different opinion, but I am not a foreigner. And I have to begin to remind myself of my identity. I come out. I grab my wife's hand, and we walk down. To the entire other end of the movie theater, all right. I mean, movie hallway, the hallway from where our door was, all right. Walking past people. Finally, at the door, at the door, ready to go out. My wife asks me if I intend to continue to wear these. Now, it, it was funny. For a moment, I had imagined maybe it was my anatomy. I didn't know. I thought that there were other reasons that people were looking at me strange in the men's restroom. A similar thing happened this past week as my wife asked me to. Isn't it interesting that God gives us our spouse? To improve our lives, to help us mature and grow in the Lord, that only those things that He has spoken to us personally about many times, and we have ignored Him, does He then resort, resort? Excuse me, to using our spouse. We have one of the mailboxes that、uh, the type that's down at the end of the block. You don't come to the house anymore individually. It's all dropped off at the end of the block in a stack of mailboxes. Nina asked me if I would drive by and get the mail. I get out, 
she gives me the key, I get out, I think we were actually in her car, there's a key in the, her car door and I grab that and I get out and I uh, go to the mailbox and I try it and the key's not working. And I think I'm sure it was this mailbox and so I try another. And then I tried another. And then um, I tried another. And I turned around and I look and I lean down, you know, because the car's just a little bit lower on the sidewalk, from the sidewalk there, and I lean down, and she's laughing. She's laughing at me, not with me. I was not laughing. I'm making a fool of myself. The neighbors are all looking out their window. I know it. I know they're looking. I know there's neighbors on their front yard looking. The idiot doesn't know where his mailbox is. What an idiot. I'm feeling this. I'm thinking these thoughts. It affects my identity. I slip back in the car and I say, to, what is, what's, I, isn't it number one, mailbox number one? She doesn't say anything. She just points. She points out the front window and down the block to another mailbox. <laughs> I'm at the wrong mailbox. She knew that when I drove up and parked. She knew that. She knew I was not at the right moment. She knew I was going to embarrass myself. She knew I was going to try the key, that I would be frustrated, that I would look like an idiot. But she derived joy from this process. I only want to submit to you that there is an identity crisis in the world today and that many Christians, unfortunately, still see themselves as foreigners. They talk like foreigners, they pray like foreigners, and they approach God like a foreigner. We must deal with this. The truth is, according to our text, we are stamped as his property. Say it, I'm stamped as his property. Say it again. I am stamped as his property. So going back to our text from the complete Jerusalem Bible, and you can follow me, Sammy. Let no harmful language come from your mouth, only good words that are helpful in meeting the need, words that will benefit those who hear them. Notice how many times he emphasizes language, words. And then follows this, it follows that very theme of our words, our language with don't grieve God's Holy Spirit, his Ruach HaKadosh. Why? Because you're stamped with a new identity. You see, your words will reveal what you believe about your identity. Your words give away whether or not you understand whose property you are. In verse 31, he says, get rid of. Now, notice the wording here. Get rid of, and then instead be. Did you see that? Get rid of these things, instead be this. Notice it does not say sweat with great effort and trial 
with all your muster, do your best to try to get rid of these and just try to be a good person. That's not the language. That would be the language of somebody whose DNA had not changed. But for somebody who understands their DNA is the very blood and DNA and cell structure of the Heavenly Father, he simply says, look, just get rid of this and be this. You don't try. You are. Do you see the difference? You don't try to be a good Christian. You are. You don't try to live like your Heavenly Father. You are in the very structure and DNA of your Heavenly Father. You don't try to follow Christ. He is your elder brother. Just act like him. The New Testament is not a revelation of how we should live. It's a revelation of how he lived. And so therefore it's a mirror of how I live today. Through his grace and power. Doug, are you in a position to help me this morning? Or did we? Not quite. Maybe later. Maybe, maybe later in the morning. I'll let, you, I'll let you help me in a little while. I love this idea that I am actually stamped. How many of you remember that one time the disciples uh, came to Jesus with a question that was being asked them by the religious leaders of the day? trying to trick them, trying ultimately to trick Jesus and catch him in a problem. And they said, uh, Jesus, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar? Should we pay taxes to Caesar? Now see, in the day, for the Jewish people to pay tax to Caesar meant that you were worshiping another god. And clearly the scripture says you shall have no other gods. To give money to another god who proclaimed himself Lord and God, Lord of Lords, in fact, he proclaimed himself, Caesar did, was idolatry. One of the deepest forms of idolatry was then to give money to a god. To, it constituted worship. So they were trying to trap Jesus. Jesus, uh, should we pay taxes? Jesus thought for a moment, and then he said, go down to the riverbank there and catch me a fish. When you catch the fish, open its mouth inside, you're going to find a coin. Bring that coin to me. They did. They got the fish, opened its mouth, and inside was a coin. They brought the coin to Jesus, and Jesus said, whose image is on the coin? Whose image has been stamped on the coin? They said, Caesar's. He said, all right. And you could quote the verse, right? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. You know what he was saying? The coin has Caesar's imprint stamped on it. Give that to Caesar. You are stamped with the very presence and DNA of God, you give yourselves to God. 
Your identity crisis will dissolve completely as you consistently declare these words. It's in your handout. Say it out loud. I'm born of God's seed. My Father's DNA runs through my spiritual veins. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I reign with Christ, my elder brother, in heavenly places. I'm a world changer. I'm favored and chosen. Everything I require in this life has already been provided. I'm destined to rule as a son. Mm. You see, there's no need to find yourself if you're lost in Christ. Put that up for us, Sammy. There is no need to find yourself if you are lost in Christ. And so Paul writes in chapter 5, verse 1 of our text, So you imitate God. Don't try to be like God. Don't struggle with the Christian life. Don't make your best effort to be good. It's not about being good. It's not about trying to be like Jesus. You are an imitator. You have his DNA. Now, I know some translations translate that, follow God. It's inadequate. I believe that it's important to follow God. And from the standpoint of being a child, the picture is beautiful. As a child, I follow my father. But it's inadequate when it comes to the expression and the text of what we're reading here about stopping this and being this. You can't be what God wants you to be through trial, through effort, through personal holiness, by stopping sins that you're aware of or behavior that bothers you and bothers as you know it, the Father. You, you cannot stop behavior to become like God, which is what most of our pulpits in America preach, behavior modification as a way to reach God and become acceptable to God. You will never, never enjoy the fullness of God's presence. You'll never be able to stand and look in the Father's face with complete joy and fullness, knowing that you're free, you've been delivered, unless you stop trying and giving it your best effort and just start being who he created you to be. You have his very DNA. It's an attitude change. I would say it like this. I am not a slave. I'm a son. I'm not a slave of God. I'm a son of God. Chapter 5, verse 1. So be imitators of God as his beloved, what? Children. You have his DNA. Even when your child does something that upsets you, that was wrong, that you asked them not to do, does it change their DNA? Do they stop becoming a son or a daughter? No, of course not. Could never happen. That's why when you do make a mistake, when you do something that doesn't please the Father, you come right into His holy presence. You look Him right in the face. Nothing lost. Nothing lost. Nothing changed in your DNA. But you go to Him and you say, Father... I'm so sorry. I know I've broken your heart. I've displeased you. 
I've done the very thing that you've asked me not to do and that I promised that I would never do again. Thank you that your DNA in me <laughs> enables me to be like you. So it's an attitude change. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. I'm not a slave to disease. I'm not a slave to disorder. I'm not a slave to this world's economy. I'm not a slave to the world to word curses. I'm not a slave to the abuse, fill in the blank, the abuse of my parents, the abuse of my school teachers, the abuse of a spouse, the abuse of fill in the blank. Who are you being abused by? What are you being abused by? You are not a slave to that abuse. You are not a slave to word curses that are spoken over you. And yet some of you feel like your life, uh, you've never been able to reach your full potential because of things other people have said about you. Excuse me, I am not a slave to anything somebody else has said to me or about me. Well, pastor, you just don't understand Back here a few years ago, when, when the bottom fell out of the economy, it just sent us into a tailspin. We've never been able to recover. I mean, it's been so bad since, and I just, I've done all I can to get a new job, and I, I just I, I feel like God's against me. I, I feel like I'll, I'll never be able to rise up again. You are speaking. You are a slave. You are a for You're acting like a foreigner. Your words are the words of a foreigner. Oh, this sickness, you know, flu season is coming, and I always, I always get the flu when flu season comes, and so, boy, I, I better go get my shot. You're speaking like a foreigner. You're speaking like a foreigner. I am not a slave to disease. I'm not a slave to this world's economy. And so I boldly confess who I am in him. So in this, I stop striving to obtain by effort what he has already made me to be. And thus, by faith, I just live as a new creature. Let me give you five ways to prevent identity theft. And before I begin running through this list, what would happen if Superman... ran up to the phone booth pulled out his sledgehammer, and just started beating it. I am Superman. I am Superman. Smashing the windows. And then as people would walk by on the street, he'd stop them and say, I am Superman. I am Superman. <laughs> I mean, these are the kind of people you put in a padded cell, right? Superman doesn't do that. What does Superman do, Doug? <laughs> Superman walks with boldness. Superman sticks his chest out. Superman knows who he is. Superman just is. Superman just bees. Is that a word? You don't have to beat the phone booth. You don't have to shake anybody to become it. And, and look at these pecs. Woo! <laughs> My Thank, you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. All right, let me give you quickly five ways to prevent identity theft in your life. Number one, you've got to realize you were created to worship. If you will stay in the place of worship, I mean speaking, singing, proclaiming, declaring, meditating, 
on the Word of God. Daily, you will remind yourself. You see, our problem is that we have a saved spirit and a pagan mind. (laughs) I have his DNA running through my heart, but my mind is still in a fallen state. And so Paul says, renew your mind with the word of God. Be not compromising. Be not like this world. But be transformed. It's the word metamorpho in the Greek. The same word we, uh, rendering or word that we get our English word metamorphosis from. Something that begins as an ugly worm is changed from the inside out and becomes this beautiful butterfly. I am an overcomer. I am healed. I am walking in financial blessing. I'm not trying to get finances. I'm walking in financial blessing. You see the difference? And so I worship you, Lord. I speak, I sing, I proclaim Ephesians 1.12 so that we who first hoped in Christ, who first put our confidence in Him, have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of His glory. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Oh, when you're down, when you're having a difficult day, when thoughts have overwhelmed your mind, here's the verse to pull out. God, you've made me a chosen people. Lord, I'm a chosen person. I thank you today. I'm a royal priest. Father, I thank you that I rule among nations. Lord, I thank you that I declare your praise, that you've called me out of darkness into your light. Lord, I declare with the words of my mouth, today I will walk only in light, favor, and abundance. All darkness has left my life. That's worship. Number two. We were created to imitate. And when you start just imitating, when you just start being who you by DNA were created to be when you were born again and accepted Christ as your Savior, it takes away all law code. Listen to me, saints. You will never obtain blessing and favor in God's presence by behavior modification. I am his child. I am his son. I'm walking now in the blessing of his favor in his light. Hallelujah. Number three, we were created to love. Ephesians 5 verse 1, imitate God as dear children. Verse 2, and live a life of love. We're coming back to that in our next message. Number four, we were created to serve. Matthew chapter 20, among you, it must not be like that. On the contrary, whoever among you wants to be a leader must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you want to be noticed? Do you want to 
be moved along in your gifts and your talents? Do you want for God to use you in great ways? Then settle your identity and commit yourself to serving. Let's put it this way. Proverbs says that a man's gift makes room for him and puts him before great men. You'll never have to toot your own horn. Just be who God made you to be. And then serve. Find everything you can in your local church to where you can help. Well, I'm not called to that. This has nothing to do with your calling. It has to do with just serving. I've done Many, many, many things through the years that I was not called to do. But I knew this. I was called to serve. To serve my pastor. To serve my church. To serve the congregation and love them well. And so I cleaned toilets. I ran children's church. I did nursery. I ushered. I worked the catcher's line catching. I set up chairs. I was the first one there to open the doors. I've run sound equipment. I've counseled. I've preached. I've taught Sunday school. I've done just probably most of the things that you would acquaint with. I've been in the choir and sung. <laughs> I've led worship for another pastor. None of those were my calling. But I did them because I was created to serve. And as I was faithful to serve, God brought me into my calling. And then we are created to share. Created to share. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. I've just become acquainted with this passage. So love this from the New International Version. I love this scripture. So, Paul says, we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. That should be a banner for this church. That should be a banner hanging here, Pastor Rod, just as these are. Maybe we could get it on the other side. So... I not only shared with you the gospel, but I shared with you my life. Maybe it could run the whole length of that wall. It is what we were, are about. It is what makes a community loving and special. So let's rehearse. Sammy put it up. Many Christians still see themselves as foreigners. They still talk like foreigners, pray like foreigners, approach God like a foreigner. Stop it! You're a king's kid. You're a holy nation. You're a chosen person, a royal priesthood. Act like it. So in this, I stop striving to obtain by effort what he has already made me to be. And thus, I just by faith live as a new creation. And if you take nothing else home from this sermon, but this one thing, remember this. There's no need for you to find yourself if you're lost in Christ. <laughs> 
No need to change your identity today. Try to become something you're not. Just be who God made you to be. Could we stand to our feet?